Everybody okay? Anybody got any kids that went to prom tonight? Pigskin? Yeah, besides Dustin. Dustin had to take pictures for all the kids tonight. There was like, he said there was like eight couples and trying to do the, everybody look pretty and stand here and smile for the camera thing. It can be uh, kind of overwhelming. Um, any of you have kids playing sports? Anybody, kids playing football? Nobody? Man, you guys suck. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Well, my youngest son, Luke had his, um, he started his uh, football career last year, and um, this year he's playing um, for a new team in the, in the city of Lodi called the Colts, and this is their first year as an organization, um, and he's in, he's in a division where he's literally like the youngest kid on the team, so the whole season, you know, they have to let all the kids play, so they, you know, he gets to go in there for like, you know, five or six plays per game, but the rest of the time he's, he's just the bench because he's just scared to death. Don't let him know I told you that. But I mean, these kids are huge and he's just so scared. So he stands out there real tough, but he and I know he's not getting on the field. And so anyway, every week it's like a drag out knockdown ordeal to get him to go to practice because he knows he's not going to play. So he doesn't want to go practice because his friends are playing and that's more fun and everything. And so this week they're in playoffs and they've been going through the season and they just, they stink. They lose all the time until they get into the playoffs. And then me and mom, you know, my wife and I are excited because we're going about to get our Saturdays back because we've been like locked down every weekend with football. And wouldn't you know it, his team decides to get on a hot streak and start winning every game in the playoffs. It's ridiculous. And so they win again today and they're going to the Super Bowl. I can't even believe it. They're like going to the Super Bowl and my son played in zero plays today. <laughs> it was just a but anyway, he celebrated like he was out there the whole time. I mean, he was throwing water on the coach and everything afterwards. It was just like, you know, everybody wants to be a part of the winning team, um, but nobody wants to do the work, right? Isn't that kind of the way that it is? It's like once the Super Bowl's in, in your grasp, everybody wants to be a part of it. But I don't know why I told you all that other than just that's what I do. I just tell you everything about my life. What, what else do you want to know? My pant size, my underwear size, I'll tell you anything, I promise. Okay, before we get into any of that, Look with me up on the screen. There's, there's a picture up here that we have, been, we have been dissecting over the course of the last couple months. And this picture, I hope that for those of you that have been coming on Saturday nights, it's starting to become much more of a reality um, than it was when we first started. For those of you that have never seen this picture before, and I know the writing is really small, so you can't really read what it says, but there's a picture of a crown up in the left corner, it represents God. And we've got a picture of this big black sphere, and that blackness represents the world that we live in. We've gone through tons and tons of scripture, and, and we have experienced the reality and the truth that all of us in this room know, which is that we live in a jacked up world. It is not right, it's not good, it's not just, it does not function the way that any of us looking at it think that it should function. There's sickness, there's abuse, there's depression, there's anxiety, there's anger, there's all kinds of things that when we look at it, we know they are not good, they're bad, they're dark, they're ugly, and they're destructive. And through reading scripture, we have come to believe that that darkness literally represents the world and the sickness that we all find ourselves dealing with every day. The Bible says that the world 
literally is under a curse. And that curse is because of the rebellion and the sin that man has in his heart towards God. The Bible also says that because of this sin and this sickness, that the world that God created that was perfect, the world that God created that at one time was cancer-free, that at one time was completely disease-free and it was good in every way, the world that God created and said the magical words, it's good, was forfeited and handed over to Satan. And the Bible says that God gave Satan the rule and the dominion over this entire earth because of our hearts being wicked and rebellious towards God. In other words, in the beginning, God created this whole place for you and me. And he said to the very first man, Adam, he said, Adam, this whole world is yours and I am going to entrust it to you and I want you to care for it. And it is perfect in every way. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that it was so innocent and so perfect that the first man and the first woman walked around without any clothes on and they did not even know that they should be aware of their nakedness. There was no shame. There was no inhibition. It was completely innocent. Imagine a culture like that. Actually, don't imagine a culture like that. I'm sorry. But think with me about how radically things have changed from that to where we live now. The Bible says because of that sin, God gave the world to Satan and darkness and destruction was the result. And now we live here. But through scripture, we've been able to find that there was a plan that God had from the very beginning when this whole thing took place. And the plan was for Jesus one day to come back to this dark world and begin to set us free and to begin to change what had been compromised and restore it back to the original way that it was created. And so when we look at this picture and we see that white light glowing in the center of it, that is the representation of Jesus coming to the world, living here for 33 years, dying on the cross, being resurrected from the, from the dead, literally beginning a new era on planet Earth. Literally when Jesus came, he, he started a whole new wave of something that had magnificent consequences in a good way. He started the church. And where you and I find ourselves right here, right now, is a direct reason. You let your light shine when you open your mouth and you pray. Some of us wrestle through the real thoughts of, does God hear me? Some of us wrestle through the real emotions of being let down and feeling as if God doesn't hear us. We pray. And the fear of him not answering us is so great that I would rather keep my mouth shut and say nothing than to pray and it not go my way. I'd rather stay silent. And my friends, if we want to see the light shine that brings healing, um, all I've got to do is just say, raise your hand if you've got somebody in your family that's hurting right now. Raise your hand if you've got a friend who's wrestling with addiction right now. Raise your hand if you know somebody who's going through something that's bigger than they are. And every single one of us would raise our hands and most of us would be raising them for ourselves tonight because we are in a situation that is bigger than we are and it's dark and it's destructive and God wants in.
but he can't do anything on this world unless we ask him. In Psalms chapter 66, we find an amazing passage of hope. It's written by a man who was going through some of the very same things that you and I wrestle with. And he says to us tonight, come and listen, all of you who fear God, and I'll tell you what God did for me. I cried out to him for help, and I was praising him as I spoke. And if I had not confessed the sin in my heart, my Lord would not have listened. But God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Praise God, he did not ignore my prayer and did not withhold his unfailing love from me. He says very plainly, come to God when you need help. Come to him. He also says, as I was speaking to God, I praised him. Praise is a powerful, powerful thing. Many of us don't understand the power of praise. And yet, if I were to ask you, how many of you come here on a Saturday night and you feel different after we've sung some songs and let God hear our words? Most of us would say, yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but I feel different after it happens. It's because we praise God. There's something that happens between God and man when we praise him. There is an exchange that happens between God and man. When we take our eyes off of everything that is so real in our life and we turn it up to him and we say, God, you're bigger than any of this crap. You are larger and you are more beautiful than anything else around here. And I'm not even going to look down here right now. I'm just going to keep my eyes on you. It changes stuff. And when we come to God in praise and we begin to tell God, how big he is, and we begin to magnify him, and we begin to fix our eyes on him, it changes us. He also says in the scripture that he confessed his sins to God. In other words, he opened up his heart, and he got real. Some of us don't get real with God. Some of us don't get real with ourselves. We think that somehow... God doesn't know what we do. We think that somehow God doesn't know what we like. If I were to say, how many of you guys like stuff that's not good? Everybody better raise your hand because we all like stuff that's not good for us. God knows that. God knows what he made us with. Do you know what God made you with? Manure, man. Y'all are a big old walking pile of crap. I mean, I say that in love, but... And some of you smell up. No, I'm just kidding. No. The Bible says that we're made from dust, from dirt. We're made from the stuff of the earth. And the Bible says that God breathed breath into us and made us alive. We're breathing because of God. 
Every time you breathe in, you should begin to thank God for the breath that he's filled your lungs with because you're alive because of him. And so when we come to God and we get real with him, you shouldn't hesitate to confess your sin. You shouldn't hesitate to tell him who you really are. You shouldn't hesitate to get real with God because the only thing that's happening by you not getting real with God is that you are putting your head in the sand and acting as if he doesn't know. He already knows. Get real with him. Allow God to connect with you. Because, my friends, God is listening. He is listening, and he's waiting for you and me to pray. He's listening right now, and he's waiting for us to pray. Some of you in this room have never opened up your heart to God. And everything that I'm talking about right now is piquing your curiosity. And you're like, man, I don't know about this stuff. I've heard about God and all this stuff, but I'm not really sure I buy into this whole thing. We all were where you're at at one time in our life. We didn't know if we could buy into this whole thing either. But I want to say something to you because if you're like most of us in this room, the main reason we couldn't buy into it is because we didn't really believe that if there was a God of love, that there could be so much bad stuff in this world. And it kept us from wanting God. We were just like, you can't say God is love and have all of this abuse and poverty and kids that are dying in Africa. No way. There's no way I can believe in a God that lets that stuff happen. And I want to say something to you tonight. I couldn't believe in a God that lets that stuff happen either. The God that I believe in wants more than anything to stop that stuff from happening. And he's waiting for somebody to ask him. He's waiting for you and I to step up and to see the way that God created us and to see the way that this world is built and for us to say to God, God, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Come in and bring an end to the pain and the devastation and the abuse that I see everywhere I look, God. Would you come in this situation? And God is listening and he's waiting for us that know him to pray. And so I would say to you tonight that if you are here and you don't know about God and you don't know whether you can buy into this whole thing, open your heart to the truth that God loves you and that God loves this world and that God wants to end the suffering and the darkness and the shame that's all over us. God wants to end it as well. And God wants you. He wants to love you. He wants to fix you. He wants to redeem you. He wants to take the old and make it brand new. He wants to take everything that looks ugly and transform it into something that is beautiful. That's what God is all about. Let's pray. Yeah.